Hey, man, is that the Garage Rock Show podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is the Garage Rock Show podcast. To those of you already supporting the show with a monthly subscription, thank you. If you're not already a supporter and you'd like to help make this show possible, please tap the link in this episode's description or visit anchor.fm slash the Garage Rock Show to become a monthly supporter. And make sure to check us out online at thegaragerockshow.com and give us a like and a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Garage Rock Show Podcast. And if you like this episode, please take a minute to give us a rating in your Apple or Google store. Now on to this week's episode. It's Friday. It's time for another episode of the Garage Rock Show Podcast. Chris here flying solo every week in my garage bringing you guys all the latest rock news around the world. Of course, I work at a rock radio station for over 15 years, uh, so this is kind of my fun way of uh, giving you guys the daily or weekly news. Uh, every day I get research uh, here at my prep site at the station and give you guys all the latest headlines in the rock world. This Friday, October 9th, Season 2, Episode 40. We got lots to talk about this week, guys. A huge RIP going out to a true original, one of the uh, the masters of the electric guitar, literally changed the way it was recorded, sound, and and uh, even tablature. I mean, they had to create tablature because of this guy, Eddie Van Halen. Details uh, coming up as well, and maybe some possible Eddie Van Halen recordings that are going to be surfacing. Other topics this week include ACDC's new single and their album details, and why they let Phil Rudd back in the band. We'll talk about that. Led Zeppelin copyright court case uh, results this week. Foo Fighters release a digital zine in honor of their 25th anniversary. Event Sevenfold releasing a statement on their new album delay. James Hetfield explains why the pandemic has actually been good for his alcohol recovery. Geezer Butler to write a book on his Black Sabbath beginnings. Sammy Hagar says uh, says he and Eddie Van Halen made peace before he passed away. Plus, we'll get to On This Day in Music History trivia, this week's new releases, weekly WTF and more. And speaking of those new releases this week, we got new albums out October 9th, 2020 from Brothers Osborne, Dizzy Rascal, Future Islands, Global Charming, Mets. Going to be playing them on The Garage tomorrow, 105.7 The Bear, uh, 6 p.m., 7 p.m. Make sure you check it out, 1057thebear.com. Stream the show, Pacific Standard Time. Uh, also, new albums out this week from Touche Amore, Travis, Mina Tyndall, and more. In memoriam this week, though, the big news was Eddie Van Halen passing away at the age of 65 after battling throat cancer for years. He's survived by his son Wolfgang, his second wife Janie, his brother and Van Halen bandmate Alex Van Halen. Several sources have reported that he passed away at Santa Monica's St. John's Hospital, surrounded by his family. Uh, Wolfgang posted a message to his fans on social media saying, quote, I can't believe I'm having to write this, but my father, Edward uh, Van Halen, lost his long and arduous battle with cancer this morning. He was the best father I could ever ask for. Every moment I've shared with him on and off stage was a gift. My heart is broken, and I don't think I'll ever fully recover from this loss. Uh, Super tragic. Uh, Prior to all of this, it was reported that Eddie had been traveling between U.S. and Germany for several years to get treatment for his throat cancer. The guitarist had one-third of his tongue removed in 2000 due to the same ailment. Uh, Eddie Van Halen revolutionized not only the electric guitar, but the sound of the 80s in general with his signature two-finger tapping, iconic use of uh, speed of the instrument. Uh, Van Halen, who was uh, born in Nijmegen, Netherlands, on January 26, 1955, was biracial, his mother being Dutch, national of Indonesian descent. The family, including older brother Alex, moved to the U.S. in 1962, eventually settling in Pasadena, California, and the rest is history. 
According to Sammy Hagar, him and Eddie Van Halen made peace before he died. He'd revealed this to Howard Stern. He said, quote, Eddie and I had been texting, and it's been a love fest since we started communicating earlier this year. We both agreed not to tell anyone because of all the rumors it would stir up about a reunion, etc., and we knew that wasn't going to happen. But he also didn't want anyone to know about his health. He stopped responding to me a month ago, and I figured it wasn't good. I reached out one more time last week, and when he didn't respond, I figured it was just a matter of time, but it came way too soon, and quote Sammy Hagar there talking about that. So here's the deal, though. There may be some unheard Van Halen music that's going to be coming. Irving Azoff, the, the uh, Van Halen manager, says that the new Van Halen music might be in the offing. Uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, why is it written that way? Um, I, I guess it will be uh, presented in the wake of Eddie Van Halen's death. Um, uh, uh, and he's saying this to Polestar. Quote, Wolf and Alex will go up to 5150, the studio in Ed's house, but there's been a lot of recording over the years. I can't predict that for sure that there will be anything new, but for sure they're going to look at it. So I, I imagine there's a lot of tapes that they got to go through that process. And I imagine that's going to be pretty tough for um, Wolf to go through uh, listening to his father's old recordings. Uh, but I imagine that's going to be a pretty um, special release when that does come out. Some of uh, Eddie Van Halen's last recordings. All right, so let's get to some more news this week. Virtual shows happening. Uh, Linkin Park is going to be holding a fan Q&A and release some unseen concert live stream footage. And it's all happening today. So 5 p.m. Uh, Mountain Time. So that looks like 3 p.m. our time at LinkinPark.com. Tickets available to purchase. You can uh, A second showing is going to be held 12 hours after the premiere. So they're going to be doing stuff. Uh, and they're going to be showing, get this, a vintage Linkin Park concert from Las Vegas in 2002. That's like the height of their their career there back when they were super popular. So that's going to be kind of cool to check out. Um, all right, some a more virtual shows happening. Motionless and White going to be celebrating their 10th anniversary with a live stream. Uh, that's going to be happening later this month, October 28th. The band will play Creatures in its entirety for the first time. So there you go. Check that out. Um, some more rock news. Big news this week was ACDC releasing their new single, uh, which is pretty awesome. It's called Shot in the Dark. We've been playing it on the bear. And their new album is called Power Up, and it's coming out November 13th, their first new album in over six years. Uh, Brian Johnson's back in the band, and get this, drummer Phil Rudd, as well as bassist Cliff Williams. The lineup rounded out by co-founder Angus Young and his nephew Stevie Young on guitars. Uh, so this is going to be pretty awesome. Uh, regarding the use of the band mining the unused riff, we all heard these uh, rumors that they were going to be using these unused riffs that were recorded by Malcolm Young, who passed away. Johnson uh, explained, though, quote, There's a lot of rumors about Malcolm's guitar playing being on the album, and well, of course, that's not exactly true, but what is true is the fact that Angus and Malcolm had done riffs together all their life and really had a big box of them. And Angus said he basically just went through all of them and went, oh, that's a good one, this is a good one, and brought them all out. So in spirit, he's on the album, but he's technically, there's no recordings of new riffs from him. So here's another interesting thing about this whole ACDC thing. Why did they welcome Phil Rudd back into the band? If you guys remember, um, way back, he tried to hire a hitman, threatened to kill someone, possession of methamphetamine. He had all kinds of stuff going on. This was in 2015, right? So here's the deal. I guess they met up after all that at a funeral in 2017. Angus Young says this uh, after seeing at Malcolm Young's funeral, quote, he looked he just looked so good. He was there in good shape. He was keeping himself together. He was getting therapy and sorting himself out. It was really good. 
Uh, so here's the deal. Chris Slade was brought in to uh, replace him during that troubled time in 2015. But by 2016, Rudd had declared himself a changed man, saying he quit drugs, seeing a therapist. The long road to recovery is paid off with Rudd returning to the drum stool for the band's new album, reportedly titled Power Up. The drummer's involvement with the project was rumored in the summer of 2018 when he was spotted with singer Brian Johnson at a recording studio. I know maybe some of you ACDC fans remember that about two years ago. There was all these photos of them. You know, somebody was on a balcony and zoomed in and got a shot of them at the studio. And now we know it was all for recording this album. So there you go. Some more rock news this week. Deftones, top of the charts, uh, top 10 on the Billboard 200 charts. They were the number one hard rock album and vinyl album of the week for Deftones' new album, Ohms. So pretty awesome. This group, this also marks the uh, fourth top five entry from the group in their career. So very cool for Deftones. Want to give a tip of the hat to them. Some crazy news, though, for Led Zeppelin this week. They were in court uh, over this Stairway to Heaven copyright infringement suit. Uh, the decision, um, they, they, they got a victory. Led Zeppelin got a major legal victory with Rolling Stone reporting that the U.S. Supreme Court announcing it will not hear the copyright dispute over the band's 1971 Stairway to Heaven. Uh, they were um, saying that... So there was another group called Spirit uh, and their instrumental track from 1968, Taurus. That was the uh, dispute. It was this guy called Randy California. He was a musician, and his estate was filing this on his behalf. And so what they said about the result of the court case, here you go. Quote, what you have here is a big win for the multi-billion dollar industry against the creatives. I love Led Zeppelin as a man, and I can separate my appreciation for them as four band members playing amazing music. But they're the greatest art thieves of all time, and they got away with it again today. They won on a technicality, but they absolutely stole that piece of work. End quote. Uh, And Led Zeppelin's no stranger to all of this stuff. Of course, Led Zeppelin... Um, on their first album had to go they got sued because they stole songs from Muddy Waters and other prominent blues musicians and just said that they were their songs and they were like well no wait a minute this isn't uh, you know Robert Johnson wrote this actually in 1920 or whatever it was and so anyway Led Zeppelin's always kind of been you know uh, in hot water for that and I think they did lift a lot of music and riffs back then when that was going on, that was very popular in the 50s and the 60s. There wasn't that much regulation going on. So I think they kind of got away with it, and they're lucky. They're lucky they got that ruling on that court. All right, let's move on to some more rock news this week. Foo Fighters have launched a digital zine, a digital magazine. Some of you young kids may not remember zines, but in the 80s and the 90s, they were very popular. A lot of the skate shops, record shops produced their own zines that were just magazines of, you know, photos stories articles different stuff that you know they were into and so the Foo Fighters have done that and it's called the people of rock and roll and it features memories directly from the Foo Fighters fans the band's Twitter announced it yesterday so you can check it out on foofighters.com and you can actually add to the zine uh, with your own stories you can submit your stories at yourstory.foofighters.com so check that out pretty awesome geezer butler from black sabbath can be writing a book about the beginning of black sabbath he told australia's wall of sound this week quote i'm currently putting a book together about growing up in aston birmingham and how sabbath came about but i'm really enjoying semi-retirement and not having to do anything or be anywhere especially after being away for home 
uh, from home for the past 50 years. So that sounds cool. He sounds like he's enjoying his retirement, but he's got a book in the works, and that would be really awesome to hear about how Sabbath came about and him growing up in Birmingham. Uh, That would be really awesome. So looking forward to that book uh, from Geezer Butler. Avenged Sevenfold fans uh, awaiting that new album are just going to have to wait a little bit longer. Um, They released a statement this week on October 7th from the band saying, quote, First and foremost, we hope everyone is being safe, blah, blah, blah. I'll get to the actual uh, part uh, that's important. It says, quote, It has also given us the time to meticulously work on music and other projects. The truth is, though, it has been incredibly hard to record the way we want. For instance, the drum room we required for the album was shut down due to protests outside the buildings. String sections and outside musicians still have not been able to record due to COVID-19 restrictions. We are not willing to sacrifice the sound we are going for to work around this. We will wait. There are other issues on the horizon, but we are documenting it all for a later release when we can tell the whole story, end quote. So it sounds like they may be working on a documentary on the difficulty of creating this album, and they're not willing to compromise. Sounds cool. So, yeah delay it if you have to but don't compromise your album make sure you get it the way you want right so good for event sevenfold doing that uh more news in the rock world white stripes releasing their very first ever greatest hits album uh 26 previously released songs in a collection on double lp standard cd and digital edition a limited deluxe edition of course you know he's going to do that third man records all that stuff it's got colored vinyl available as part of third man records vault package number uh, 46 so check that out and it's also apparently accompanying the release will be a live video of the band performing ball and biscuit live in tokyo in 2003 that may be a hint of a full dvd release blu-ray release that may be coming we'll just have to see it's coming out december 4th check that out thirdbandrecords.com and speaking of records and record store day coming up this year in november billy joe armstrong releasing uh, a thing he's calling no fun mondays it's an album of a bunch of covers that he did. Uh, he had this online series. It was called No Fun Mondays, where he was doing covers online for fans during COVID. And now he's going to release this 14-song collection, November 27th, on vinyl, CD, and digital, and for Record Store Day. So there you go. Check it out. Uh, all right. James Hetfield saying that COVID has actually helped him recover from alcohol a lot easier. He said, quote, Well, COVID is certainly not welcome. The pandemic is not welcomed. People are hurting. People are dying. There's a lot of people struggling. Uh, But for me personally, it's been really helpful to slow down, stop the work, stop the circus of what's going on with the touring and the band and all of that, and help me focus on my own struggle. So it's really good to have time to just be, to just relax, not to have an agenda, but just to chill, soak up life on life's terms, and plug into my community here in Colorado. End quote. So it sounds like James Hetfield really enjoying his space out there in Colorado um, and time to slow down. I'm sure that's a big thing for people, musicians on the road. They have that temptation to party, to drink. And now that nobody's really doing that, I think it's really good for a lot of people. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe some, not so much. Maybe they're battling those demons even more now that they're on lockdown and, you know, they're left to their own devices, so to speak. But it sounds like James Hetfield turning a negative into a positive there for his own life. So very cool. Wanted to share that with you guys. Some rock birthdays this week. Brian Johnson, lead singer of ACDC, turning 73. Tommy Stinson from The Replacements and Guns N' Roses, bass player there, turning 54. Tom York, the singer from Radiohead, turning 52. Sean Ono Lennon, the singer-guitarist and son of John Lennon and Yoko Ono, turning 45. He shares the birthday, same birthday as his dad, John Lennon, which is a trip. 
And also Al Jorgensen, founder and frontman of Ministry, turning 62. All right, this week in music history trivia, guys, on this week in 1995, the first single off of this band's third album is the first commercial rock track ever released to radio via satellite uplink to try and stem the excessive spread of taped copies of the song. Earlier in October, the song had been leaked to radio prematurely, so this is their way of battling it. Who do you think was on the cutting edge of this technology? Was it A, the Foo Fighters, B, Alice in Chains, or C, Pearl Jam? What do you think? It was Alice in Chains and the track Grind, the first track from Alice in Chains' uh, third album, was released via Satellite Uplink, the very first rock track ever to radio in, on this week in 1995. What a trip, right? 25 years ago. All right, on this week in 2003, let's get to some more trivia here. This band is sued by 172 concert Chicago concert goers. They had a class action lawsuit against this band who say they were ripped off when the band left the stage after only 17 minutes during a July 26th performance at the Hawthorne racetrack after instigating fans with a, a, quote, obscene and profane messages displayed via giant four monitors. So I guess they were saying some shit like, I don't know, like, screw you guys or whatever. On the monitors, they left after only 17 minutes. What band was it? Was it A, Motley Crue? B, Puddle of Mud, or C, Limp Biscuit. All seemed like they could do that, especially in 2003. Motley Crue hit a rough patch, but no, it was actually Limp Biscuit. They were pissed off in 2003, left the stage after 17 minutes, and ended up getting sued by 172 concert goers there. No word on how I, I imagine that lawsuit didn't work out. <laughs> Probably not. All right, some movie TV entertainment news this week. Apparently, there's some new covid cases on the set of jurassic world that's being filmed right now um no word on who it's uh who's infected but chris pratt's there laura dern jeff goldblum they're all uh you know out there recording and working so not sure who got sick but somebody did they had to stop filming um some good news this week though guy fieri has fed thousands of first responders battling the california wildfires out here in california where i live man these wildfires are just insane this year and Guy Fieri stepping up uh, from the Sonoma Lake Napa unit of the California Fire Department, one of the hardest hit fire departments in our area, I got to say, and served around 2,000 meals, uh, wrangled up a crew of chefs and friends to prepare the food next to the fire camp at the Sonoma County Fairgrounds. This isn't the first time he stepped up to feed Californians affected by the wildfires. He's done this both in 2017 and 2018. He's a really good local guy, and he uses his uh, celebrity for good, and I, I just wanted to give a tip of the hat to him, so very cool. Also, some pretty neat stuff. Looks like an American is winning uh, part of the Chemistry Nobel Prize for gene editing. Uh, this was amazing. So here's the deal. Jennifer A. Duanda from Merced, or from Merced, from the United States won the Nobel Prize in Chemistry on Wednesday this week for developing a gene editing tool that allows DNA to be altered. It's called the CRISPR-Cas9 tool, and it enables gene cutting at a specific spot with the breakthrough research published way back in 2012. Uh, this is the first, the fourth time a Nobel in the sciences was given exclusively to a woman, with the previous three times being science Nobels given to a woman as sole recipient. So, very interesting, very cool. Wanted to share that with you guys. Some kind of crazy weather going around. Hurricane Delta is set to make landfall in Louisiana today, so all of our Louisiana listeners, be safe out there. Our wildfires are raging here in California. We feel your pain, man. 
Uh, Ruby Tuesdays filed for bankruptcy. Did you guys see that? Uh, they were making fun of it on South Park last week. But yeah, Ruby Tuesdays done. Closing all 185 of its restaurants across the U.S. Pretty nuts. All right, Halloween is right around the corner, guys. So uh, you might want to check into this house if you want to have the ultimate house, uh, ultimate haunted house, I should say, as Buffalo Bill's house from Silence of the Lambs is up for sale. It's a Queen Anne-style home. It was used in the set for the psychotic killer's home in the 1991 film, but has been a fully operational home since then. I don't see how. It's now listed for 298000 It's a four-bedroom. It's in Periopolis, Pennsylvania. Along the train tracks featured in the opening shot of the Buffalo Bill scene, the house still has many of its original features, including trim and hardwood floors, which are seen in the movie. However, you won't find a pit with a bucket in the basement. That was filmed at a separate sound stage. <laughs> so there you go. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in this week. Follow us on Instagram at Garage Rock Show Podcast, Facebook, Garage Rock Show Podcast, Twitter.com slash Garage Rock Show. And of course, on our website at thegaragerockshow.com. Thank you guys. If you enjoyed our episode, please give us a rate and a like and a follow, all that good stuff. We appreciate it. Tell a friend, any of your friends that are into rock news and want to hear all the stuff that's happening every week, let them know about it. Uh, We appreciate it. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Peace. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents and the design of this podcast are property of the Garage Rock Show or used by TGRS with permission and are protected under U.S. and international copyright and trademark laws. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of the Garage Rock Show. TGRS assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein. This disclaimer is posted in full at thegaragerockshow.com.